here this morning in the comment section, uh, just typing everything backwards, just for the fun of it, pretending that I've got some goofy thing happening here. And uh, it was just me. I'm the goofy thing happening. Although I do want to mention that yesterday, the end of the broadcast, uh, uh, I lost a camera and I lost a microphone somehow. And uh, you couldn't hear me at the very end. So I'm going to recap today a little bit of what uh, was shared yesterday uh, and then finish out this chapter, chapter 18. Uh, so anybody that's listening now, you're going to get just a little recap. Anybody listening via podcast when it just kind of all stopped, uh, this is kind of resuming where it left off yesterday. And uh, uh, because these are live and I don't uh, don't spend any time editing these, you, you're getting what you get. 
Uh, and uh, on the podcast, again, they're not edited. They're live and uh, recorded, uploaded. So you get what you get that way as well. And uh, so I apologize about yesterday. I have no clue uh, what happened. I, uh, I lost the camera and uh, then partway in a little bit later in the broadcast, lost the microphone. Uh, who knows what it was? But anyway, here we are today. And it's Thursday already in the week. Hard to believe. Hey, Walter Huss, where are you anyway? And uh, remind us, you might have told us at the beginning of the week, what camp are you at? What state is that in? Uh, what type of camp? I'd love to hear about what you're doing. We need to pray for Walter as he's a traveling camp nurse at Christian camps. And I think one is also, it's not a Messianic camp, or is it? One's a Jewish camp, or is it a Messianic Jewish camp? I, I don't remember. Um, Walt, you can let us know a little bit about that. And uh, we give our greetings, good afternoon greetings at uh, 3.30 plus in the afternoon over in India. I want to greet our friends over there, Regala and uh, Santhus. Absolutely greet you this morning as well, uh, or in your case, this afternoon as well. Glad to have you here with us. And uh, let's get into the text here uh, in Acts chapter 18. Um, we had picked up yesterday at verse 18. Paul was in Corinth. He stayed there for some time teaching, trying to establish the church. It says he left the brothers and sailed for Syria. Uh, you know, and the very Syria we still hear about in the news today. That's the very area, the very Syria to which Paul is going. We read that he is, was accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila, made note of the fact that uh, earlier in the chapter, it talked about Aquila, Aquila and Priscilla, and now we see the flip, Priscilla and Aquila. We noted uh, yesterday uh, and, uh, that um, Priscilla was perhaps the more apt teacher between Priscilla and Aquila. Perhaps she was a little bit more... Uh, uh, able with her words to communicate, uh, to instruct, to teach, maybe had that gift. And so as they would go on and be used to teach, and we'll, we'll read about them uh, coaching Apollos here a little bit later in the morning. Um, she's probably the one that did more of the instruction in this case. That is what many scholars, it is not universally accepted that way. There are scholars who reject that notion because they are so um, so complementarian in their view. Uh, two different views. Complementarian view is that men have their roles, women have their roles, and never uh, uh, in, and, and men should end up being the ones who are leaders uh, and uh, the, the key leaders and those who teach and preach and uh, uh, women uh, don't assume that the top leadership roles, and there's a range within complementarianism. Uh, and then the other view is egalitarianism that basically says we're all equal and women can do anything that men can do. Uh, and that applies in the church as well. And so you have women pastors, uh, women senior pastors, even in churches uh, uh, and conference speakers and things like that. And they're not speaking to just women. They're also speaking to men. That is an egalitarian view. And again, there's a range within egalitarianism. And then there is a view where the two, the two come uh, toward the middle somewhere, and, and I, I'm a complementarian, uh, leaning 
maybe two-thirds of the way toward egalitarian. Uh, and here's what I mean. I'm not a, What I mean by that is that I, I think women can teach. I think women uh, can uh, occasionally speak uh, to, to uh, mixed groups of men and women. Uh, I, I maintain that I do believe eldership is for men. I, I believe that senior pastoring is for men. Um, some would believe that uh, women should never speak uh, in a public setting to men. Uh, I, I don't think that is the case. That would be, not be my practice, and that would not be my leadership. I, I think there are things that we need to hear, uh, women missionaries and whatnot, that, that maybe have a message from the Lord that we need to hear. Elizabeth Elliot, uh, a classic older example uh, of somebody that uh, was worth anybody listening to. And uh, um, so within the range of complementarianism, I am not the strict, harsh complementarian uh, that uh, basically leaves women in the kitchen uh, and, uh, you know, uh, stay, staying silent. Uh, and, and some have that view. And uh, in the egalitarian view, there's there's the view that comes close to the complementarian view that, you know, maybe women shouldn't maybe do everything that, that men do, but but it's much broader in its openness and the, the far extreme. Uh, if you want to go to the left side uh, of the of the dial on that, uh, you know, women can be senior pastors, and, and everything's the same. And uh, that that's a a, a, a far-reaching left uh, egalitarian view. And I, I think the scripture has a, a mixed—I don't want to say a mixed view, uh, probably a complementarian view. Uh, but a view that uh, gives women a lot more voice than sometimes they're given. Uh, and we see an example that here, you see other examples of that example, the, the conclusion in the book of Romans, Paul addresses some of the women uh, who were key in, in the ministry there uh, and in his ministry. So I, I, that's something to wrestle through. There's a lot of study. I mean, I, I know churches, I, I know a particular church that spent a whole year uh, among the leadership, wrestling that through. I mean, and I'm not talking. They talked about it once a month. I mean, every week they're kind of wrestling, and they they end up concluding with a 70 page document on their particular view. Uh, and it's important to know what your view is. Uh, I'm just telling you where I land, and what even here many scholars think in the book of Acts, chapter 18. Priscilla is uh, Priscilla's name is listed first, which is an uncommon thing. Uh, because uh, of the way Christianity would regard women differently than Judaism would regard women, and as well as general uh, Middle Eastern culture, Palestinian culture would regard women. Uh, Christianity lifts women to a new place and is quite liberating uh, in, in many ways. Now, for uh, an extreme liberalism, extreme feminism, say, no, you don't. You take away our rights, blah, 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 blah. It's interesting to me to note that, especially in a contemporary American culture, uh, with with the the alphabet group, um, and you know, men claiming to be women competing in women's sports, women are, are losing their rights again, uh, and their their benefits, and and you know, just as we were able to begin to cheer. Uh, for those that would cheer for, for the accomplishments of women, i.e. like women rangers and the army and things of that nature, all of a sudden that gets squelched because of, of uh, uh, transgenderism. And 
I'm just saying that that's that's a factual reality, observable reality, and, and it's a, a big news piece here in the United States. I don't want to continue down that road on the political vein, uh, other than just to say Priscilla is listed before Achilla here in this passage, and because of that, some scholars, many scholars, would would think that she was probably the more prominent teacher. Now. One other thing it says in this very next verse says that before he sailed, he cut off his hair at century because of vow he'd taken. Paul was one who said, uh, I'll become all things to all people so that I might save some. And he gives that example, writes about that in the book of Corinthians. Uh, And for us sometimes to think about things that we might do in order, limitations we may put upon ourselves as an example, uh, in order that we might have an impact. He takes this vow at Centria because um, he wants to demonstrate to the Jews who are following him or watching him, observing him, uh, that uh, that he still takes uh, things seriously, still takes vows seriously, still understands, still demonstrates that perhaps the vow was one that... Uh, what was a practice, a Pharisaical practice, uh, or uh, some some sect within that religious order, and he was showing, look, I will reach out to even you uh, and demonstrate my my uh, sincerity and my seriousness in taking this vow. I didn't talk about that yesterday, just something that I bring up here uh, for us to consider. What would we do to reach people now? Sometimes we go too far in culture, and the place we go in culture is to um, uh, become like the world so much that we're not distinct. Uh, Paul took a religious vow. He went the other way. He became more strict in his religious practices rather than less strict. Uh, and sometimes as Christians, we lose our way in that and, and we become so much like the world. There's no, no difference whatsoever. They cannot taste of Christ in our lives. They cannot get the aroma of Christ in our lives because we're not different. And we're called to be different. There was a pastor in New York City, uh, and, and I, a, I, I, can't, I can't recall his name. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about the church group. I don't want to, you know, uh, belittle uh Somebody, other than the fact that he went so far as, I mean, he, half the time he didn't have a shirt on. He was all ripped and cut. And, you know, he would be eye, eye candy for the women, if, if I can put it that way. Uh, and you know, the jeans pulled down low and hips exposed and and so on. And the cool sunglasses and whatnot. And the crowd of people he was with among Hollywood stars and whatnot. And it's like, I think that type of thing has lost its way. And uh, we... We need to uh, not lose our way. Yes, we need to figure out how to reach the world around us, but not lose our way in doing so. Now, let's continue on in the passage. Uh, It says that uh, they arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Achilla. He he himself went to the synagogue of reason with the Jews. We talked about that yesterday, just highlighting again, skimming across the top developing that we need to develop the ability to reason. We need to read books, listen to podcasts and things that would help us to reason from Christian perspective. You know, the unfortunate demise of Ravi Zacharias. Uh, he, he was he was a brilliant apologist who gave us a ph- phenomenal, fantastic 
example of how to reason. Uh, unfortunately, there was a major uh, deep problem in his life that uh, caused many people to reject his teaching, even though I believe his teaching was right on. We rejected the teaching because of the fall of the man, and uh, but yet he, he was brilliant. Josh McDowell, another one. Sean McDowell, uh, uh, Josh's son, another one who would be prominent. And uh, uh, there are others. Uh, an easier read, things by Lee Strobel, uh, The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, The Case for the Resurrection. Uh, a little bit easier to read, but would help you form up your uh, ability to give an apologia, a defense of the gospel. So he reasoned, it said in verse 19, verse 20, he asked him to spend more time. He declined. He promised, I will come back if it's God's will. We talked about, you know, wanting Father's will. And in, even today to say, Father, what do you want today? Uh, what do you want for me in my health? Uh, what do you want for me in my service? Uh, sometimes we'll have uh, what we perceive as inter an interruption come into our life, a person that is interrupting whatever. And sometimes Father's will is that, that we're thrown off course to invest in that person, to take the the 15 minutes to three hours, however long it takes, uh, to be able to um, minister to that person. So, again, looking for God's will. We make our plans, but he'd ask the question, what's God's will in the circumstance? Uh, after he made his promise, it says he set sail from Ephesus. He landed at Caesarea. He went up and greeted the church, then went to, down to Antioch. Uh, after spending time in Antioch, Paul set out from there, traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening disciples and uh, Yesterday, I, I did share that map with you, and I, I don't have that open today. But basically, he went, he sailed back uh, to uh, Palestine, Israel, Palestine, uh, and then headed north again, and then he headed west again, back across what we know as modern-day Turkey. That would be Galatia, Phrygia, that area of, of modern-day Turkey, strengthening disciples. Uh, now we get down to verse 24, and this is about where things cut out yesterday. Uh, it says this, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria. Now, this Alexandria that we're referencing is, yes, this is Alexandria of Egypt. Um, he, has, uh, he came to Ephesus. He sailed to Ephesus. I, I just want to make note of the fact that... Uh, this uh, Alexandrian, I mean, he may well have been African. Uh, Egypt is part of Africa, and, and we don't always think about uh, the gospel going to up to the north and across um, into Turkey and then above Turkey up into Europe, that direction, or we don't think about it heading east, uh, and we don't think about it heading to the south and again to the west or to the south into Africa, but the gospel was spreading there as well, partly because people like Apollos and others who maybe traveled into Palestine, who traveled to Turkey. Turkey was a, a popular, Ephesus was a popular city in that day, a large city, a popular city, uh, a beautiful city. And so people would go there and perhaps hear the gospel, be converted and go back to the places from whence they came uh, and carry the gospel back. And so the gospel then spread down 
through Africa. And uh, that is a major theme for me in ministry today, to think about the spreading of the gospel. That's something that I would encourage. I would want my church family uh, to be people who are passionate about the spread of the gospel locally and the pa- passion about the spread of the gospel globally, passionate about the building up of the kingdom. I think healthy churches are churches that are always thinking about how do we build the kingdom of Christ? How do we expand the kingdom of Christ? How do we partner together for the work of the gospel that Jesus may be known? Well, let's continue on here in the text. We're going to finish this chapter today. Um, it says, he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of scriptures. Now, again, there are people in our day, sometimes we forget, we think they've always had the Bible. I mean, and people who deeply love the Bible, but are act in a little bit of ignorance, uh, thinking that, well, people have always had the Bible. Well, no, they didn't always have the Bible. I mean, it wasn't until really about the 1500s when the, the Bible began to be more broadly uh, disseminated, uh, circulated uh, because of the printing press. Uh, and then... Um, Prior to that, everything was handwritten copies, so it wasn't widely disseminated. And here in this era that we're reading about in the book of Acts, all they had was uh, was the Old Testament. Uh, and even then, depending on which sect of Jews, some only uh, regarded the Torah. Others regarded the Torah, the writings of David, as uh, the, in the hist- historical books and the books of the prophets, the entirety of the Old Testament, uh, the 39 books of the Old Testament, and that is what Apollos had a thorough knowledge of, uh, was the Old Testament. And uh, it says about him, he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. He spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew the baptism of John. He didn't have the full scoop. He didn't have the full story. It says he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained him explained to him the way of God more adequately are some of us not all of us would be gifted to do that type of thing um but some of us would be and i would encourage more of us to take the tact of inviting people to our homes to discuss the scriptures it says they invited them to their home the importance of home-based ministry the gospel is spreading in india the gospel is spreading in iran The gospel is spreading in Iraq. The gospel is spreading in many places in Africa. Uh, The the gospel is spreading in many places in Asia. The gospel is spreading in many places in in places in Latin America uh, because of home-based ministry. In fact, we would go as far as to say home churches, house churches, people meeting in their homes for church. In this instance, what we're talking about is a few people inviting a few other people over to discuss the scriptures. And that's exactly what Priscilla and uh, Aquila did uh, in uh, inviting Apollos. They invited him to their home to explain the way of God more adequately. Would your home be, would my home be a place where when people come in, they would they would experience the presence of Christ? Would your home be, would my home be a place where they would find open Bibles? Would your home be, and my home be a place if we sit down to sup together, to eat together, to dine, to have a meal together, where we would open up the scriptures and encourage? I had phenomenal disciplers 
when I was a teenager, when I had given my life to Christ, I grew up in a pagan situation, came to faith in Christ, and George and Barb opened their home to me daily for three years, and I went, and we would spend uh, a few hours each evening discussing the scriptures. It was rich. It was great. And George, I think, is now 96 years old. And if I were to call George today, we'd pick right up where we left off discussing the scriptures. Oh, that more of us could become homes like that, that we're so rich in our devotional life, so rich in our relationship with Jesus that we're able to open up the scriptures and share with that, uh, share, share that with other people. Let's finish the text and I'll come back over to the comments and see where Where's Walter? Instead of where's Waldo, where's Walter? Um, it says, when Apollos uh, wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. On arriving, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted the Jews in public debate, proving from the scriptures, again, the Old Testament scriptures, that Jesus was the Messiah. He was proving that to them, showing to them, Jesus is Messiah. He is the one whom we should follow. Now, now, why was he refuting them? Because they were rejecting Jesus as Messiah, and he is showing from the scriptures that he is Messiah. And again, I brought this up before. I just I just mentioned again this morning, you know, how good it would be for us to know the Old Testament well enough that we can point in the Old Testament to how Jesus, in fact, would be the Messiah. There are all kinds of charts out there. You know, uh, you could Google prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, and you'll bring, you'll find charts that would give you an Old Testament prophecy and a New Testament uh, fulfillment of that Old Testament prophecy. Again, that helps us understand how from the Old Testament, Jesus, in fact, is the Messiah. Well, Women, uh, take your place. Men, take your place. Let's all take our places at promoting the gospel, supporting the gospel, sharing the gospel, teaching the gospel, living the gospel, helping others to believe the gospel, turning to Christ. Let's all be people uh, who support those who are able to vigorously refute. Not everybody has those gifts and skills. Let's more of us open our homes for ministry. That's some of the application we walk away with this morning as uh, we conclude chapter 18. I want to take a look at the comments real fast and see, question, where's Walter? Now, hopefully Walter is still uh, still listening to us this morning and hasn't uh, tootled off to work, but he says PA now, Almaty uh, next week with uh, Camp Gilgal. Okay, it's a Jews for Jesus camp. I couldn't remember if it were a a Jewish camp or a Messianic camp, but it's a Jews for Jesus camp Gilgal. And, and I wish I were going to be here, Walter, uh, while you're here, because it would be great to have you in the home here, which is my studio, uh, and do a little interview about your experiences with Jews for Jesus and what camp might be like at a Messianic camp. Uh, you and I have talked about that. You shared. I've heard some of that. It'd be great to have other people hear some of that. Maybe we'll figure out a way to do that sometime uh, in some measure, get that recorded so you can share. And then end of uh, July here at Fairhaven, our local Christian camp here in Maine. And we're going to miss you. Uh, and uh, we'll try to get the 
For those of you that can do it, uh, who are local enough to be able to go out and have a breakfast together one morning and see if we can't get somebody to organize that here. And uh, I will I will note to you uh, at the end of July, I am going to be away uh, a fair amount and uh, uh, probably will not broadcast probably won't broadcast for most of three weeks. Uh, a, because our time differential, B, because we're going to be living in a tent for three weeks, and uh, uh, and may not even have internet access. So uh, maybe I'll share some things from the road from time to time, but uh, just be prepared. There's going to be some weeks. The other thing I want to uh, have you be thinking about is I'm thinking about whether it would be beneficial to us to change the time of the broadcast to like eight o'clock in the morning? Would we lose people if we went to eight o'clock? Would we gain people? You know, what would your thoughts be? I mean, we can stay at six. Uh, that works for me. Uh, if we moved it to eight, then I would get all my exercise in and uh, before the broadcast. And um, to me, that would be of some benefit, uh, but maybe not so much to you. So that's something to be thinking about. Meantime, I'm going to let you get into your day and encourage you to have a good day, to have Christ-filled day, to uh, to walk with Jesus, to experience the hand of God. Lord, we pray for our friends who, who have physical needs, uh, like food and water. Uh, we think of our friends in, in India. We pray for them, meet their needs. We pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, for those who have relational strife and conflicts, that you would heal strife and conflict. Uh, Lord, for those that are uh, recovering from uh, surgeries, Lord, would you have your hand upon them and heal them, we pray. Uh, and Lord, for all of us today, help us to walk loving Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, have a great day. We will see you tomorrow. We'll pick up Acts chapter 19. See you then.